First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. I think I think this is a good passage of scripture for what we're talking about in all of our activities. It says that sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh your reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Shall we pray? Now, Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts tonight through thy word. Help us, Lord, to learn to take your word at face value, not try to make the word of God fit into our likes and dislikes in our life and our decisions and our choices, but help us to, as we read the word of God and pray for your will to be done in our life, that the word will have its free course in us instead of us expecting to have a free course in our thoughts and ideas. We pray, Father, that you would make our church what it ought to be as it is well-named, Bible Baptist Church. Bless, we pray, each individual here tonight. For Jesus' sake, amen. Now, the title of my lesson this evening is What is Your Reason? What is your reason? Some Christians during the Christmas season came up with the idea that Christ is the reason for the season. I think that's a nice statement. But what is your reason? Everything you do has a reason behind it. And when someone asks you, why did you do that? You shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know. Now, either you are retarded or you don't want to admit what your reason was behind doing what you did. Because everything, everybody has a reason for everything they do. I want us to read chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. And this is God's word. I didn't write it. I agree with it. But I didn't write it. So if you don't like something here, don't blame me. First Peter chapter 3 verse 1, likewise. I guess this is where Brother Roger Lucent tell us, get that word likewise. I don't know whether we learned that in law school or what, but anyhow, uh, he never he never explains anything without saying likewise a few times. Now likewise, now Peter was the same way. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating of hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. Now that last statement, putting on of apparel, teaches me that you are not to try to win your husband by the outward appearance. And uh, I don't believe that just the matter of adorning or the plating of hair, wearing of gold, is is objected to as far as the scripture is concerned here 
But I believe that it is you don't do those things in order to do the other. Because if that be true, I don't think it would have included putting on of apparel because all all people ought to wear clothes when they go out in the public. But let it be of the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corrupt, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. This is why Solomon of old said it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a wide area with a brawling wife. And uh, we find that uh, James, uh, Peter made mention that the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit between the wife to the husband is in the sight of God and probably in the sight of man. A very great price. For after this manner in old time the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands even as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise. Here we go again. Likewise, you husbands, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's good for the gander is good for the goose. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as being the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I have in the foot on the side of my Bible here the best gift a man can give his children is to love his wife. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew, that means shun or avoid. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the uh, spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the suffering of long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight, say, eight souls were saved by water. 
the like figure whereunto even baptism doth now also save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being subject unto him. And all the people said, Amen. Now, this is a this is a good chapter, you know it? Because in verse ten, uh, in verse ten it makes mention that it says for he that will love life and see good days. In verse 11, it makes mention that we should avoid evil and do good. In verse 13, he made mention, if ye be followers of that which is good. And in verse 16, having a good conscience, that wherein they speak evil of you is of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Too many times when people speak falsely of us, they have a foundation on which to stand. Make sure that when you are criticized for doing wrong, that it is falsely and not justly so. This is also a good... Uh, a good chapter concerning uh, conscience because in verse 16 it talks about your uh, in verse 16 it talks about having a good conscience in verse 21 it also says that the like figure where that he says is the answer of a good conscience toward God even God has a reason for doing what he does now if I have lost some of you, let me help you come back again. Uh, what is a reason? If I should ask you tonight, what is definition of a reason? Since God says we should always have an answer for our reason, we should know what a reason is. Amen? Now Webster says that a reason is to count or to calculate or to think. It is a statement to explain and justify. In other words, a reason is that which is logical, it is factual, and it is intelligent. Now, Webster also says that purpose, purpose, what's your reason, what's your purpose? Purpose is something that is set up as an object to attain or as an end result. In other words, it is an intention, it is a resolution, and it is a determination. And thirdly, Webster says that motive, motive, you cannot always see motive, reason, or purpose. But motive is something that causes a person to act. Motive is that which implies emotion or desire. It suggests a basic why. It is not always recognized, but motive 
In other words, is the real cause behind the action. Now we ought to remember this. Because God said in verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. Now, how do we do this? Well, there are some steps. God always seems to have some steps. How to attain the end. And too many of us try to shortcut. We want to... Uh, we want to get rich quick, and therefore God says, he that would be rich uh, will fall into sin. Words of that effect, Schott's translation. First of all, <clears throat> God says to attain this, we are to sanctify. Sanctify the Lord God in our heart. Too many of us have set aside God simply as a houseboy to run our errands. God is only our family doctor that we come to in time of need. Or he is our banker if we need money. We, we have God. We think much about God. But we have never sanctified the Lord God in our heart. In other words, sanctify means to set apart. What does it mean, sanctify? Well, first step is ask yourself this question. Who is first in your life? You or God? We know the Bible said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Is God first or are we first? If God is not first, then you have not sanctified him as Lord. Jesus said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So sanctify the Lord first. Who is he? He is God. Supreme God. Almighty God. Second of all, well, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. In your heart. Remember what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23? Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's not an accident that Paul said that thou shalt believe in thine heart, in thy heart, for with the heart Man believeth unto righteousness, and as we are already saved, then our service to the Lord must be from the heart. Our prayers must be from the heart, and we must have a sanctified Lord God in our hearts. Second of all, we do this by being ready. Be ready. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready. Be ready always. Always. In order to always be ready, you first of all have to be honest with yourself. Honest with yourself. To thine own self be true. 
We're dealing with motives right here. So many people hide behind the things of God, the work of God, the plans of leaving their prayers, and they are hiding selfish motives that they know is not putting God first. And so we find that God says, be ready always, be honest with yourself. In order to be ready, not only do you have to be honest, but you have to know what the Bible says. You have to know what God has to say. Sometimes people say, I don't care what God says. You're in trouble, I'll tell you that right now. You say, well, I don't know what the Bible says. You're still in trouble. You're still in trouble. If you have diabetes, you better read the label on what you eat. If it says sugar, you better leave it alone. There's a shot stocked up on on uh, magnolia low-fat uh, milk so that we could lose weight. And she got uh, four, four containers full and, uh, and she had a moment of time and she was sitting there looking at it and she saw the word sugar. Sugar. That low fat has sugar in it. And she said, oh good grief, I'm going to have to go to something else. And uh, so beware. If you're diabetic, why uh, don't fool yourself. Coca-Cola is about half sugar. <laughs> and uh, so when you are going to be ready to sanctify the Lord God, be ready always, then you better know what the Bible has to say because that is what God has to say. And God says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Quit, quit thinking about what other people do and what other people say. What does God have to say about this particular thing? Thirdly, give an answer. Bible said be ready always to give an answer. To give an answer. Uh, Paul said in Acts chapter 20 verse 35, he said, remembering the words of Jesus, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Give an answer. God holds us responsible to give an answer. I'll tell you, I get so sick and tired of Christian workers who say, I don't care what they think. Well, you better care because your testimony depends on what they think. They may think wrong, but you better clarify things. You better not... You say, well, it's none of their business. I don't care what they think. Well, you better think. You better not live a careless life. This is why that we do not let a young man and a young lady go out on visitation together. This is why that we do not, we do not think it right for God's servants. I don't believe it's right for men that's in the pulpit to always be hugging the women. 
I believe the pastor ought to keep his hands to himself. Why? Because he might get tempted. That's not the big point. That is a point, but that is not the big point. The big point is how are people going to relate to this? Are they going to read into something that you did not intend? Then you are being careless because God expects us to give an answer. That means to clarify things. And then uh, not only do you give an answer, you take an attitude of I don't care what people say, then you should clear up any questions people may have about you and not only you, but your hope. Fourthly, you do this by meekness or with meekness and fear. With meekness and fear. That means that you are personally humble, that you personally are trusting Him. You should fear the Lord. You should be humble. So the conclusion tonight is, what is your reason? What is your reason? Right now, what is your reason in everything you're doing, in all of your actions? You should check your reason. If you've forgotten what I told you about reason, purpose, and motive, as far as what Webster says, get your Webster Dictionary and look it up. My grandson, Sean, he's hitting the top in his class on everything. He does not have to study. He does not bring homework home. But the teacher called his mama in and said, your son is flunking spelling. Sean had... He had a suggestion to his mother. His mother got him and said, what, what can we do about it? And Sean says, well, I can't write it down fast enough to bring home the words, etc., etc." And he had his usual excuses. And, and so Margie was planning to go to the teacher and begin to get the spelling words so that he could learn because uh, spelling is just memory. And so Sean came up. He said, Mama, I know what we can do. So he went and he got the dictionary and he said, Mama said, let's, let's start in and learn what this dictionary has to say. <laughs> had, a big, had a big, thick dictionary and she said, Sean, and that would be one good way uh, to get that done. Now, uh, look up the dictionary and what, what, what is your reason? What is your purpose? What is your motive? And then go back to the scripture in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 and memorize this again. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. That does not mean just to other men. It means to you. Amen? So what is your reason? I ask you a question tonight. What is your reason for being here tonight? On Friday night, what is your reason for being in Friday night visitation? 
I'll go one step farther. I will say, what is your reason for not being there? What's your purpose? What is your motive? Is it biblical? Is it selfish? Whatsoever you do, what are you doing on Friday night, workers, that you're not on visitation? What are you doing? Can you give an answer for the reason of your absence? Shall we stand for prayer? And all the people said, Amen. Directors, meet me in my office as soon as you get through shaking hands. Choir, come up. Let's practice our singing just as soon as you shake hands. Uh, shall we pray? Our Father, dismiss us with your blessings upon us. We thank you for our people that's here tonight. We thank you for our visitors. And we ask, dear Lord, that we may really sanctify you as our Lord and our Savior and our God. Be able to give a reason, a purpose, a motive that it may be pure and clean and have a good conscience. Father, how we pray that you would take us and mold us and make us into vessels that you can use, that we can be fruitful, that we will not just be having an activity in a religious area, but dear God, that we may be honestly, faithfully, and fruitfully serving Thee, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands one with the other. Get acquainted.